Today I'm going to discuss something that um, I've been asked a lot about by my Christian friends and Judaic friends, um, and that's about a flood myth or a flood story, because we know that most of the cultures and mythologies of the worlds and mythical cycles of the worlds have a flood story, and many are under the uh, impression that there is none in Zoroastrianism. That would be wrong. The story of Yema um, and the Avesta, specifically in the Vidadad, or the Vidavadada, Vidavadada, uh, commonly known as the Vidadad, uh, there is a story of Yema. And I want to read that today. It is, oh, about 45 verses, roughly. So, I'm going to read that, and we'll, we'll see, and maybe discuss it afterwards. So, Zarathustra asked Ahura Mazda, O Ahura Mazda, most beneficent spirit, maker of the material world, the Holy One, who was the first mortal before myself, Zarathustra, with whom thou, Ahura Mazda, did converse, whom thou didst teach the law of Ahura, the law of Zarathustra? Ahura Mazda answered, the fair Yema, the great shepherd, O holy Zarathustra, he was the first mortal before thee, Zarathustra, with whom I, Ahura Mazda, did converse, whom I taught the law of Ahura, the law of Zarathustra. Unto him, O Zarathustra, I, Ahura Mazda, spake, saying, Well, fair Yema, son of Vivangat, or Vivangusha, depending on the text, be thou the preacher and the bearer of my law, and the fair Yema, O Zarathustra, replied unto me, saying, I was not born. I was not taught to be the preacher and the bearer of thy law. Then I, Ahura Mazda, said unto him, O Zarathustra, Since thou, Yema, wants not to be the preacher and bearer of my law, then make thou my worlds thrive. Make my worlds increase. Undertake thou to nourish, to rule, and to watch over my world. And the fair Yema replied unto me, O Zarathustra, saying, Yes, I will make thy worlds thrive, and I will make thy worlds increase. Yes, I will nourish and rule and watch over thy world. There shall be, while I am king, neither cold nor hot wind, neither disease nor death. Then I, Ahura Mazda, brought two implements unto him, a golden ring and a poniard inlaid with gold. Behold, here Yima bears the royal sway. Thus under the sway of Yima three hundred winters passed away, and the earth was replenished with flocks and herds, with men and dogs and birds, and with red blazing fires. And there was no more room for flocks, herds, and men. Then I warned the fair Yima, saying, O fair Yima, son of Vivongat, the earth has become full of flocks and herds, of men and dogs and birds, and of red blazing fires. There is no more room for flocks, herds, and men. Then Yima stepped forward toward the luminous space southwards to meet the sun. And afterwards he pressed the earth with the golden ring and bored it with the boniard, with boniard saying thus, O Spenta Armiety, Kindly open asunder and stretch thyself afar to bear flocks and herds and men. 
And Yuma made the earth grow larger by one-third than it was before. And there came flocks and herds of men, and at his will and wish, as many as he wished. Thus under the sway of Yuma, six hundred winters passed away, and the earth was replenished with flocks and herds, with men and dogs and birds, and with red blazing fires. And there was no more room for flocks, herds, and men. And I warned fair Yuma, I, Ahura Mazda, saying, O fair Yuma, son of Vivangot, the earth has become full of flocks and herds, of men and dogs and birds, and of red blazing fires. There is no more room for flocks, herds, and men. Then Yuma stepped forward toward the luminous space, southwards, to meet the sun. And afterwards he pressed the earth with the golden ring and bored it with the poniard, saying thus, O Spenta Armadi, kindly open asunder and stretch thyself afar to bear flocks and herds and men. And Yuma made the earth grow larger by two-thirds than it was before. And there came flocks and herds and men, at his, and at his will and wish as many as he wished. Thus under the sway of Yuma, nine hundred winters passed away. And the earth was replenished with flocks and herds, with men and dogs and birds, and with red blazing fires, and there was no more room for flocks and herds and men. And I warned the fair Yuma, saying, O fair Yuma, son of Vivangot, the earth has become full of flocks and herds, of men and dogs and birds, and of red blazing fires, and there is no more room for flocks, herds, and men. Then Yuma stepped forward towards the luminous space, southward, to meet the sun, and afterwards he pressed the earth with a golden ring and bored it with a poniard, saying thus, O Spenta Armadi, kindly open asunder and stretch thyself afar to bear flocks and herds and men. And Yuma made the earth to grow larger by three-thirds than it was before. And there came flocks and herds and men, at his will and wish, as many as he wished. The maker, Ahura Mazda, of high renown in the Arian Vega, by the good river Dadia, together called a meeting of the celestial gods. The fair Yuma, the good shepherd of high renown in the Ariana Vega, by the good river deity called together a meeting of the excellent mortals. To that meeting came Ahura Mazda of high renown in the Arian Vega. By the good river Didia, he came together with the celestial gods. To that meeting came the fair Yuma, the good shepherd of high renown in the Arian Vega. By the good river Didia, he came together with the excellent mortals. And Ahura Mazda spoke unto Yuma, saying, O fair Yuma, Son of Vivangot, upon the material world the fatal winters, winters are going to fall. That shall bring the fierce foul frost. Upon the material world the fatal winters are going to fall. That shall make snowflakes fall thick, even in Ardvi, Ardvi, deep in the highest tops of mountains. Ardvi is a river. And all the three sorts of beasts shall perish those that live in the wilderness and those that live on the tops of the mountains and those that live in the bosom of the dell under the shelter of stables. Before that winter, those fields would bear plenty of grass for cattle. Now with floods that stream, with snows that melt, it will seem a happy land in the world, the land wherein footprints even of sheep may still be seen. Therefore make the avara. Long as... 
riding ground, long as a riding ground on every side of that square. And there bring the seeds of sheep and oxen and men, of dogs, of birds, and of red blazing fires. Therefore make the avara, which is an enclosure, long as a riding ground on every side of the square, to be an abode for men, avara, long as a riding ground on every side of that square, to be a fold for flocks. There shall, there thou shalt make waters flow in a bed, a hathra long, hathra being about a mile, uh, an English mile. There shall thou settle birds by the evergreen banks that bear never-failing food. There shalt thou establish dwelling places, consisting of a house with a balcony, a courtyard, and a gallery. There shalt thou bring seeds of men and women, of the greatest, best, and finest kinds on this earth. There shalt thou bring the seeds of every kind of cattle, the greatest, best, and finest kinds on this earth. There shalt thou bring the seeds of every kind of tree, of the greatest, best, and finest kinds on the earth. There shalt thou bring the seeds of every fruit, the fullest of food and sweetest of odor. All those shalt thou bring, two of every kind, to be kept inexhaustible there, so long as those men shall stay in the vara. There shall be no humped back, none bulged forward there, no impotent, no lunatic, no poverty, no lying, no meanness, no jealousy, no decayed tooth, no leprous to be confined, nor any of the brands wherewith Angermanu stamps the bodies of mortals. In the largest part of the place thou shalt make nine streets, six in the middle part, three in the smallest. To the streets of the largest part thou shalt bring a thousand seeds of men and women. To the street to the middle part six hundred, to the street to the smallest part three hundred. That vara, or vara, shalt thou seal up with a golden ring, and thou shalt make a door and a window self-shining within. Then Yema said within himself, How shall I manage to make that vara, which Ahura Mazda has commanded me to make? And Ahura Mazda said unto Yema, O fair Yema, son of Vivangat, crush the earth with the stamp of thy heel, and then knead it with thy hands, as the potter does when kneading the potter's clay. Let's pause for a second for a uh, message from Anchor. Okay, welcome back. We'll pick up where we left off. And Yuma did as Ahura Mazda wished. He crushed the earth with the stamp of his heel. He kneaded it with his hands, as the potter does when kneading the potter's clay. And Yima made a vara, long as a riding ground on every side of the square. There he brought the seeds of sheep and oxen, of men, of dogs, of birds, of red blazing fires. He, he made a vara, long as a riding ground on every side of the square, to be an abode for men. A vara, long as a riding ground on every side of the square, to be a fold for flocks. There he made waters flow, in a bed, a hothra long. There he settled birds by the evergreen banks that bear never-failing food. There he established dwelling places, consisting of a house with a balcony, and a courtyard, and a gallery. There he brought the seeds of men and women, of the greatest, the best, the finest kinds of them on the earth. There he brought the seeds of every kind of cattle, of the greatest, best, and finest kinds on the earth. There he brought the seeds of every kind of tree, of the greatest, best, and the finest kinds on the earth. There he brought the seeds of every kind of fruit, the fullest of food, and the sweetest of odor. All those seeds he brought, two of every kind, 
to be kept inexhaustible there, so long as men shall stay in the Vara. And there were no humpbacks, none bulged forward there, no impotent, no lunatic, no poverty, no lying, no meanness, no jealousy, no decayed tooth, no lepers to be confined, nor any of the brands wherewith Angramanu stamps the bodies of mortals. In the largest part of the place he made nine streets, six in the middle and three in the smallest. To the streets on the larger part he brought a thousand seats of men and women. To the streets on the middle part he brought six hundred. To the streets of the smallest part three hundred. That bar he sealed up with a golden ring and he made a door and a window self shining within. O maker of the material world, thou holy one, what lights are there to give light in the Vara which Yima made? Ahura Mazda answered, There are uncreated lights, and created lights. There the stars, the moon, and the sun are only once a year seen to rise and set, In a year seems only as a day. Every fortieth year, to every couple two are born, a male and a female, and thus it is for every sort of cattle. And in the men, and the men in the Vara, which Yima made, live the happiest life. O maker of the material world, the Holy One, who is he who brought the law of Mazda into the Vara, which Yima made? Ahura Mazda answered, It was the bird Karshipta, O Holy Zarathustra. O maker of the material world, the Holy One, who is the Lord and ruler there? Ahura Mazda answered, Urvatad Nara, O Zarathustra, and thyself. Zarathustra. Well, that's really interesting. So, we see again and again the numbers 3, 6, and 9. We have 300, 600, 900, 3 miles, 6 miles, 9 miles. Um, uh, and it's, I have to say that 3, 6, and 9 together, of course, are the, you know, 9 is the holy number, and 6 and 3 make 9, and 6 has two threes. There's another 3. Three is a holy number. Six is a holy number from the, you know, the Meshus Pentas. Uh, three for the uh, three feminine, three masculine, the Meshus Pentas. So, 369.2 is eerily reminiscent of a year. Uh, we all know that the Zoroastrian year is only 360 degrees to represent a circle and every degree of the zodiac, and then five Gotha days are added. But, 369 still is pretty close to that. So, I can see how those that would be a sacred number as well. Uh, we see that two kinds of animals of the best kind or the pure kind or the the best and finest in the land of every seed of man, every seed of animal, of tree, of fruit, of fire, only the best, two uh, pair of the best of each one is kept for as long as men shall dwell in the Vara. That's interesting. It's reminiscent of the uh, Noah's Ark, the Vara itself being like an ark. Uh, many say that it's just a snow a blizzard that happens, an uh, ice age, but it's not, is it? Because it, it clearly talks about an uh, Aredva, which is like a river. It also talks about there will be a river and the waters melting and the and the and the waters rising from the snow melt. And so we see that it's a, an actual flood. Well, whether the Vara is an ark or something's planted, because it says he made it out of the mud and clay. Uh, I'm assuming it's just an enclosure, like a building or an underground shelter. But still, we have the flood myth. Uh, it is interesting too that um, that uh, he talks about the lights, right? So he says that uh, there are uncreated lights and there are created lights: the stars and the sun, 
shine only once a year, rise once a year, shining all day, so that a year, every year, is like a sun, sunrise and a sunset. It's one day, which kind of gives rise to the whole. Um, for God, a day is like a year, or a year, or a year is like a thousand years, or a day is a thousand years. Still, we see a seed of that here, right? I mean, it's those are things which you know are kind of. I don't know. We, we can say that it might be the beginning of it, but there's we all we can really say is there's a shared belief there, just like with the ark. So I don't presume to say that this is the seed of any Abrahamic belief. Although I do believe most of the doctrines came from um, the Gothas and the Zoroastrian uh, faith. But it's interesting, he says, who, it, because remember, Yema uh, decides not to bring the law of Ahura Mazda to the world. And so Zarathustra asks, um, Ahura Mazda, he says, well, who in, in the Vara uh, brought the law of Mazda? Because obviously it had to be brought. And he said, the bird. Uh, Karshipta, which is, um, uh, I don't know how to explain that. It's a, there's a mythical bird that it talks about, and I, I believe that's what it's, it means. But he goes on to say that, well, who is the lord and ruler there? And Hermaza says, Urvadad uh, Nara, which is uh, one of the, it's the third son of Hermaza during his lifetime. And he says, O Zarathustra, and thyself, Zarathustra. So either he's saying that the idea of the lawmaker and shepherd of Zarathustra, and of course the Saushant, who is his third son, were the rulers in the Vara, in their proto-form, which we all have. Or he's saying that uh, it is a future thing and not a past thing, where Yima may have been the first man, but he may be the last as well. And Zarathustra and his sons... Uh, will um, be the rule of law and bring the law of Mazda to it in the final place. Um, recall that in the beginning of it, it said, uh, in the beginning of the story, it said that, it, that, that with the rule of Yima began the earth to be replenished. Which, let's face it, the, the Zoroastrian religion doesn't like to mince words. If they say replenished, they mean replenished not plenished. Therefore, there was a time when it was plentiful or plenished, and then there was a time when it wasn't. And therefore, under the rule of Yema, there became a replenishment of the earth. And then, of course, in the end time, there will be a flood and a, 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 a ice age or frozen time and a flood. So maybe there again, the Vara is to again replenish with afterward, to resettle that seed of all good things in the earth again. So we see something reminiscent of uh, Jehovah destroying the world, but this isn't was something out of anger. This was Ahura Mazda telling Yima, hey, be careful. You're creating unrest with the world. You're, you're making the world extend itself again and again and again. You're overpopulating. You're um, over-agriculturalizing uh, uh, your animals. You're making them more um, abundant than, than the earth can handle. And we see that again today, right? We see um, we see overpopulation of humanity. Uh, we see uh, overproduction of, um, of food animals, so that the methane um, levels are ridiculous because of our footprint. So it could be that um, it would. This is a cycle, right? I mean, 
it, it's it's clear that time is linear in Zoroastrianism, but that's only because it's from our beginning of our age to the end of our age. But what happens after that, right? I mean, there could be, could there not be another another straightforward linear time that begins then? Because at the end of this era, there will be a time of perfection, and that is when time itself will end because there, there will be no aging. And if there's no aging, there's no time. But who's to say that would not be another one that comes after? And those perfected now will go on to be in eternity, but those um, still deciding to be born, and uh, I don't know. I'm, it's, it's just a, a hypothesis, and it's one I'm just barely um, breaching. But uh, so we we have seen, though, according to the Vinodad, that there is a flood myth. There is a type of Ark myth. There is a Noah of sorts in Yima. Um, there is uh, the two by two, the pairs of good animals, good plants, good seeds, good fires, good people. All of those things are brought, good fruits. Uh, and they are to be kept to replenish uh, when the waters recede. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, if uh, and there is there is the mention of a bird here, and that bird bringing the law of Mazda may, in fact, be um, like the dove in the Ark myth, uh, and the raven. The raven comes back, comes back. Uh, one comes back with a branch to say there's land, and the next one released stays out. So. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but there is mention there of the bird, too, in both myths. So, hmm. That's something to think about, isn't it? Let me know what you think. I'm anxious to hear it. Ushite, my friends. Happiness to you.